You're listening to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. It is Tuesday, July 28th, and uh, it's a, a good day. Two good stories on deck, and I just realized that both of these have like college university connections today. Didn't even plan they it do. that way. Just worked <laughs> out that way. Uh, we're going to head to uh, Concordia University, Chicago in just a moment and Yay. connect with the university pastor there. And in the second half, we get to celebrate... Uh, years and years of campus, a hundred years of campus mm-hmm. ministry with the chancellor of LCMSU. Uh, I'm not even going to try to do my impression of the chancellor. <laughs> Please don't. Because <laughs> it's kind of embarrassing. But uh, so he'll be on, though, in the, the second half. Uh, we have a story from him to share with you about a hundred years of campus ministry. Thanks to Concordia University, Wisconsin, for your support of the coffee hour. Find out more about Concordia University, Wisconsin at cuw.edu live uncommon. Joining us this morning, the Reverend Dr. Jeffrey Loninger. He's pa- university pastor at Concordia University, Chicago, and uh, author of Callings for Life, a new book from Concordia Publishing House. Pastor Leininger, thanks for being our guest today. I'm just thrilled to be here and to hear both your voices and to have this conversation with you today. Well, thanks. We are, we're looking forward to our chat and it, your experience as a, a university pastor, a pastor who serves students, faculty, staff, all those who make up the, the university community there. I'm sure you've gathered lots of, uh, of stories and experience as a, as a pastor on campus about um, our callings in life. But as we dig into callings and what this means, let's, let's start with some of the ideas about what callings um, maybe some mis- misconceptions about what callings are that, that need to be addressed. What are some different ideas about what callings are that really aren't maybe so accurate? Yeah, there's, there's a lot that floats around out there, uh, especially in the Christian world. And uh, I think many well-meaning uh, people have this idea that there's this one great important seismic spiritual thing that you're meant to do sort of like God has created you and predestined you to do this one great thing in life. And the idea is that you're supposed to sort of figure this out when you get to college. And, um, uh, the, it's a, it's a difficult and sometimes dangerous myth because when we think about uh, the theology of vocation from our, our Lutheran heritage, uh, we know that our, our callings are plural. That's why I like to use the word callings. We know that most of them are happening right now. They're present. They happen in the mundane stuff, not the extraordinary stuff. Uh, they happen in the everyday life here on this planet, and most of them are given to us by God. We don't actually go out and choose or select um, self-select our great callings in life. Uh, so there, I just gave you the outline of my book, and uh, no, nobody needs to buy it or anything. <laughs> well, I don't know. Now I actually like want to read. I'm reading through some of the the sample that's available in CPH, and it. I'm like two pages in, and it's super interesting already. So, <laughs> what are some of the what are some of the other words that we use to describe our callings? You mentioned vocation. Is is that in the same category as as callings? Yeah, the word vocation comes from uh, Latin vocatio, and 
it's you know such a, a wonderful part of our theology that Martin Luther, when he sort of recovered or rediscovered the gospel for the church, he also recovered this idea of the theology of vocation. Uh, the word vocatio was assigned pretty much primarily to those that were in what we might consider church work. So it would have been priests, monks, and nuns, that they were the ones in the late medieval world that were the only ones that were considered to have a calling. And other people had stuff to do, but it what the word vocation or vocatio was not applied to them. So so Martin Luther takes this this term and it applies it to all the good and godly work that we do in the different structures of society that God has given. And I, I think that that's, uh, it was a, sort of a, a revolutionary concept or a, certainly a, a very powerful concept at the time. And we've kind of lost that a little bit because we've taken that term vocation and we've applied it simply to your job, your employment. Uh, And I think we have to reopen that up and think about the many different responsibilities that God gives us, the different relationships that we have, the different tasks that we have, uh, the different uh, places that he has placed us in order to really understand that God is at work through us in these different ways. I like the phrase you used just a little bit ago. We have things to do. I, that would be a great title mm-hmm. for a book, too, right? On, on things, things to do. To do. <laughs> Probably wouldn't really reach nearly like as many big, people. It sounds like a to-do list, though. I don't things, know about Exactly. That. No one would read it. I have things no to one. do. Uh, uh, why, why do we have callings? Why do we have these vocations, these callings? Well, it, it starts with our baptismal calling, that, that because we have been redeemed by Christ, and that in the waters of baptism we have been made new creatures, and new creatures do new things. And as, a, as the word responsibility, I mean, literally, literally, it comes from a response, and it is a response to the great message of our free salvation given to us by grace through faith. It is that that these new creatures are doing new things. And uh, the works that we do, we, we don't do for ourselves, and we don't do them for God. What does God need our good works for? But we do them for our neighbor, our neighbor who is in need. And so when, when Martin Luther helped recover this, this concept for the, for the church, he really saw that our lives, we are to get busy in the life of this world, that, that our callings are not out of this world. They're not removed from this world. We're not to ascend uh, to a higher plane of existence. We're, we're, not to, um, we're not to just be removed from this world, but, but rather it is, it is in the world, in the muck and mire of matter, of the matters and the matter of this world where, where our callings are to be found. A theme that is coming through is that our, our vocations aren't... Uh... They aren't for ourselves. These vocations exist in in the space of community, in the space to uh, to be in relationship with the people that God has put in our lives around us. Certainly, yeah, they're they're not for us in the sense that they don't earn our salvation. Um, and I think that you know the best servants, and we all fall short of this, of course, um, and that's why we always return back to the message of the gospel. But the best servants are sort of, in a sense, they're kind of lost. In they don't. It's like your left hand doesn't know what your right hand is doing, um, and those are kind of the best 
when you know you're doing the right thing, like for me being in campus ministry, when I don't stop and think, oh, I'm doing campus ministry, I'm just living the life of Christ in the place that I'm called to be. And I think that's what happens when people are really sort of resonating with um, uh, what God is asking them to do, is that they're just, they're just naturally responding to the gospel with the gifts that they have been given, being little Christs, as Martin Luther uh, put it, in, in, in the world around them. So then how is understanding these callings uh, even more important now than maybe it has been? It's, it's certainly a topic that's, that's really important now. I think about uh, all the things that are happening in our society, and of course we've been uh, battling this, this unseen enemy, this, this COVID virus, and I think it would be very easy for people to stop and say, well, when this is over, then I'm going to start serving God. Uh, and this happens a bit with with young people as they work on a college campus. It's you know it's always future driven. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna figure out my calling, and then I'm gonna go do it someday, and it's gonna be great. And we can I think especially as as we're we're, we're battling this pandemic worldwide, uh, we're in this sort of unsettled pause in our lives, and it would be very easy to to just be so future driven. And to have this mentality that, well, when this is over, then I'm going to serve God. I mean, the reality is that that we have things to do right now, and that God has blessed us right now, whether we're, we're home from work, whether we're working from home, whether we're confined to a place. Um, I, I like to talk about the faces, the places, and the spaces. Um, we don't have to go out and find the calling. It's it's right in front of us in the faces that we see every day, in the places where we work, live, play, study, in the spaces that we occupy in society, the roles that we've been given, uh, the responsibilities entrusted to us. So I think right now it's a it's especially important for people to to stop and say, look, there are things right now. My callings are now. And to examine our lives, to reflect on our lives, and to and to be um, be, be be intentional about um, reaching out to those that are that we see in front of us today with the love of Christ. And your book does that; it helps us walk through uh, and, and examine our lives. Callings for Life from Concordia Publishing House. Give us a, a quick overview of this book, particularly the format of of this book, and how it might be useful for us in that uh, that process. Yeah, I, I'm really happy with the way this turned out, and I, I never sort of set out to write a book, but had some nice conversations with Concordia Publishing House, and they've been really incredibly wonderful to work with. Um, and I think the way it's set up is it's set up for a, a congregational study or a book club, perfect for a book club or sort of a small group. It's five easy chapters um, it's not an academic book in the sense that it's, you know, above people's heads or anything. It's very practical. And, and the way I like to say it is that, that if people read this book, they will instinctively understand uh, the Lutheran theology of vocation. And it will make, it'll, it has already made a difference in people's lives. Um, so it's, it's beautifully laid out. There are questions at the end of every chapter. Um, it's illustrated with quotes from hymns and uh, church fathers and scriptural texts and, and Luther quotes. Uh, so it's just really perfect for that kind of congregational study. Um, 
I would also say just for, for any age, uh, I work on a college campus, and so some of the illustrations are, are poignant to that experience, but uh, it's really a, a broadly applicable to the life of the church. The Reverend Dr. Jeffrey Leininger, University Pastor, Concordia University, Chicago, and author of Callings for Life, new book from Concordia Publishing House. Pastor Leininger, thanks so much for being our guest on the Coffee Hour today. I really enjoyed this, and I hope we can chat again sometime soon. That would be fantastic. Mm-hmm. Coming up in just a moment, we have the chance to chat with Pastor Zill. We'll share that with you here in just a little bit about 100 years of campus ministry. You're listening to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. Bum, bum. 